The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. This is what everybody paid their money for today, even though AM radio is free. Um, just come along with it. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Well, you got to buy a radio. You do. Or listen online. Yeah. But you got to buy a computer or a phone. Do you? You don't have to buy a computer or a phone. You Odyssey just... app. There you go. Um, double dip today, man. I, I owed you one. I owed you two, probably. Are you able to take me serious with this hair that we're rocking tonight? Because I think it's a good look for what, me. What made you put that wig on? Porn. <laughs> uh, no, okay. uh, you and JT both have lots of curls going on. Sure. Um, and I figured that if we're going to do this tonight, we're going to do this right. Yeah, we all have the same hair now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're all in this together. Like, we have uh, the curls for the girls. Uh, it's bye week, so now we get to have a little fun. Uh, obviously, there'll be no injury report tonight. Ron Kopp will join us at 6.15, as he always does, to break down what we saw in that Miami game. Um, and we'll get into your mailbag questions. So if you have questions for Pete, feel free now to ask them. 816, no, 913-586-7610. One more time for the people that have done this before. 913-586-7610, as we'll dive into your uh, mailbag questions later on tonight. How's your day been? You've kind of been with me all day. Yeah, did the three to the four, mm-hmm. and then popped in for the hits, and here I am. Final hour radio of the day. Mm-hmm. You're on your fifth hour. I should That's be asking right. you that. I know. You'd think my boss would give me a bonus. Is there no bonus coming? Doubt it. Yeah. It's radio. Um, but That's fine. Maybe some trade. Uh, no. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, the wolf hitting it twice tonight, and then we're going to hit it hard when we get home tonight. We got no What do you no got products. going on tonight? I'll probably go home and do a little power walk. Go get my two and a half miles in, and yeah. then. Uh, do you re- have a, a, a bottle of wine you're opening? No, Miller Light. Miller Light tonight. Leftover from the weekend. Okay. Took last night off. Took Monday night you off. You got some Jack Stack tomorrow. Uh, yep. Okay. No, no, I'm at the drive all all week, so no, no JS. Okay. Yeah, we're 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 six ten in it, baby, all week long. So you're going Miller Light tonight. Yep. Ahead of tomorrow. Yep. Is Rob coming over for a little show meeting? Uh, uh, no, we do that in the morning. Since the show doesn't start till 2, we can mm-hmm. kind of knock things out from like 11 to 12. Right. Plus, we were in contact. He also said he's going to have some suds tonight. Really? Mm-hmm. What's he going with? He says beers. He's a latte guy. Uh, what is that, Bush Light? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not a latte guy? No. No. Why? 
Well, I pr- prefer to, to do Mick Ultra, but if I'm going with a, just a regular domestic, I'll probably Coors Light and be my choice. I like Coors Light. Somebody said today on the text, I they were a Coors Banquet guy. It's a little heavy for me. And it's, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you should, mm-hmm. I mean, you are walking two and a half miles tonight. Maybe what you should do is stop on the way home, get you some butt heavy. Mm-mm. All right. If anything, I'll get the six pack of pounders of Miller Highlight from Quick Trip. It's only six ninety seven. I think I've got it down. Okay. Yep. Um, so here we go. Miami, the game that was in Frankfurt, Germany. We always do this every time we start this show off. What stood out most to you? What are Pete's big takeaways from the game in Frankfurt? Well, I I thought like everybody else that the first quarter was good offensively and. I think for a second there, you really said to yourself, well, this is what we've been waiting for for a long time. And then, of course, uh, it slowed down, which wasn't good. So quarters two through four, not necessarily ideal, but I I think it was a step in the right direction. Uh You don't like Noah Gray leading your team in yardage in the mid-30s, but just enough points to win the game. And one of the main reasons why you won the game was because we saw one of the best defensive plays that we've seen in a in a really long time uh, on top of a a fantastic defensive performance maybe the best defensive performance of the year so far just considering Miami and their ability to score and how badly they wanted to score against Kansas City especially Tyree Kill just being able to hold Tyree Kill in check and hold that team to 14 points or fewer, I, I think, was a statement in a, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And you come out of that game, and I think you head into the bye week. And, and the the thing that I liked about Andy Reid and, and coming out of the game offensively was you saw in the locker room, and I know that it, it, you don't want to weigh too heavily, but one of the things he, he said was we have to be better offensively, you know, mm-hmm. more or less. He said we did enough but we need to be better offensively. So I got to think Andy Reid and his coaching staff are at Arrowhead the first half of this week before the coaches get the weekend off, trying to figure out what changes can we make to be better. Uh, as I've mentioned in all my mediums, if you've been listening to me all week, wherever, you know, I, I think this Chiefs team right now is playing good enough because of the defense, top three in the league when it comes to points allowed per drive to be a player in the playoffs and even win a Super Bowl. Uh, but that will only be... Um, improved, those chances will only be improved by the de- by the offense actually being a little bit closer to what we've seen in, in previous seasons. And so I like this team. I like this team and their chances to win a championship, uh, but there is certainly some things to improve. Identity-wise, they're defensive first, and how much do you think that portrays into the concerns of the offense is struggling? Because I know we talked on the drive earlier about how this offense isn't like it's 25th in yards per game or 27th in points per game and can't run the ball. Like the worst offensive stat they have is I think they're like 18th in running, but they've never been a run first team or ever been focused on the run. But it's not like this team is bottom of the barrel offense. It's just this team is top of the summit in defense might be the best defense. You know, they've only given up more than 21 points twice. Um, one to Denver, which is an anomaly in my mind. And then the other one to the Detroit Lions who, well, they had a pick six. So really they gave a 14 on defense. Right. I think the problem that most people have, and maybe I'm wrong, is that when you see this game like Miami, there's two things that come from it. You were 21 points at halftime, right? And then did you really need to do anything offensively the rest of the game? 
The only thing that would have really jeopardized that is that Chris Jones bonehead play that could have cost things, but it didn't. But you put up 21 points. The shock value to me was there. And then the second half, it was like, okay, just don't give up more than 17. And we have this. And that defense is well comfortable knowing they can do that. Well, just to add on to your to Denver point about the 21 points, in that game, Denver was starting on their touchdown drives either the 50-yard line or better. They mm-hmm. had three touchdowns in the game. So it's not like the offense was putting them in good positions. And after that game in the locker room, Justin Reed, in a conversation with him, he, he was essentially like, doesn't matter where they put us. we got to stop them anyway. But there was a built-in excuse. They're not taking it, but there was a built-in excuse as to why they gave up 24 points in that game. I think you're looking at the best uh, defense in, in the NFL right mm-hmm. now. And you believe that? Like, that's not just talking to Kansas City fans. Like, it's no, the best I, in the NFL? I do. I do. Uh, at, at least in the conversation, right? Uh, and if you're in the conversation, then then that, that's good enough for me. I, I really do. I, I mean, I, I think they're just so good from every level, and it seems to improve every week. I went into that game and I thought the defense would have a, a great plan, but I thought if you could hold the Dolphins to 24 points, that would be a huge win. And to exceed those expectations by 10 points, I, I would just was very, very impressed um, by that. And I think just stemming from that and just stemming from how disruptive they can be, the plan that they have, blitzes can come from anywhere. You have defensive backs, linebackers, um, defensive linemen getting sacks. The quarterback is never comfortable to who has been – pretty good when he when he feels like he has a, a base there and protection you got him off his mark early the, the offense looked as bad as it has all year no points in the first half just uh-huh. to do that to a team yeah I, I think there's a reasonable argument to to be made that they're number one and what's been great about that is you've allowed what I I would say right at the 10-ish mark for the Chiefs offense a top 10 offense just barely here you bought, bought you've bought them time with your seven two record based upon the defense to find itself. And that's still happening right now. And I think it'll be aided by some time off because Andy Reed can go back to the drawing board a little bit here. And when you allow your players the week off, like Reed always does, it allows you really a, a fresh look when you come back for your preparation starting um, next Monday, next Tuesday, next Wednesday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Post game, what was your favorite storyline? The fact Tyreek Hill didn't have 100 yards and said all week he was going to give him that work, or the fact that this defensive front was too much for the most high-powered offense in the league? Yeah, I I think I would go with the defense. I just think that's going to matter more to what the year is. Uh, mm-hmm. This Tyreek Hill thing was interesting, and I think we were all eyeing this game to find out what happens, but how you did against Tyreek Hill in this game is not going to define what your year is. And the most important reason for the Chiefs being 7-2 at the top of the conference and now with an opportunity to knock off the other team uh, who has the best record in the NFL right now, the one-loss Eagles, is because of what you've been able to do defensively. And I just – I think, man, uh, for – the bad taste that Denver left in your mouth, you had to have a real good taste in your mouth heading into the bye week after that defensive performance. Yeah, I think that that's the definition of where the Chiefs are, I guess, longevity-wise, as opposed to the Dolphins. I, I I like the Dolphins. Like, I don't think that they're, in my mind, they're not like a hated team. They're not, to me, like how Denver is or how the Raiders are or anybody like that. And it shows you that the Chiefs, when the when the matchup gets serious – they tend to lock it down and play to their best ability. Miami now has played Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Kansas City, and those are their three losses. Yeah. Well, it, the, well, it, the, it, the man thing about Kansas City is 
and I, I think it's real. Like they play up and some, you know, they play a little down. And sure, there's a lot of times when you end up having a close mm-hmm. game, and you're, you know that's annoying. But they win almost every time. And at the end of the day, you know, you shouldn't complain about that. I mean, that, it's just been such a fun five, six, you know, ten years here in KC, even with the Alex Smith days, just how much they've been able to win. Quick little snippet before we go to break, and then we'll be joined by Ron Cobb Jr. has confirmed he'll be ready for 6-15. Um, do you believe in load management with this team? Like, Do you believe in the load management? For those of you that missed the drive, do you believe that there is load management with Jarrett McKinnon and Kadarius Toney and, and maybe the way that they're opening up this offensive playbook, or is that all hogwash and this is what yeah. they are and they're just going to try to figure it out? I believe absolutely with Jarek McKinnon. This has been a load management thing that has been happening since the offseason. They know that he's old. He probably came back for one more year, you know, as they kind of develop their running backs here and their protection, and they didn't really use him in the offseason. They kind of just let him yeah. hang out in the building and stuff like that. I think it's all preparing for the unleash of McKinnon in that, you know, December, January run. Um, so stay tuned on that with Kadarius. I think for his sake, you hope so because only seven snaps last game. Uh, if he isn't being managed as far as load and making sure that he doesn't get injured, mm-hmm. then that means he's wide receiver six right now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just based upon snaps. And so that would be a huge significant fall from grace from all the talk this offseason about him being a, number one asset. I, I think it is a, a thing with Kadarius where it's tough for the team to probably build their game plan around him because you just never know when suddenly he's going to be out of the mix. And so they're maybe using him more in like a special package role type. And, who you know, as you get later in the season, the games become more important. Maybe you see that load increase. That's Pete Sweeney, the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. JT producing this saying, Dusty Likens with you. We got you till 7 o'clock on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Coming up on the other side, lead film analyst Ron Cobb Jr. joined us to break down a little bit more what this Miami game was before we get headed into more of the bye and what is next in the Super Bowl rematch. Listen to 610 Sports Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'm sorry. I apologize. I knew I was going to do that. Don't forget, you can ask Pete your questions at the end of the show by asking him a question to the number that is followed of 913-586-7610. We do our Arrowhead Pride mailbag, but as we are joined every single time we do this show at 615, Ron Cobb Jr., lead film analyst. Ronnie K., how you doing tonight, my buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It's a bye week. I'm in, I'm I'm definitely enjoying the bye week. A little lighter schedule. Pete, shout out shout out the boss man for lighting it up for us. So uh, it's been it's been nice. What do you do during your bye week? I mean, <laughs> work full time. Uh, do the other job. I'll put a little more effort into that thing. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, watch some college basketball. Maybe you know we got basketball going on. You know, it's it's uh, take your mind off football a little bit. Yeah, you got a full slate NBA tonight, man. It starts at six and goes all the way till nine p.m. So. Uh... We can get into that some other time, but where I want to get into you right now is, Ron, what seemed to work so well shutting this high-powered offense down for the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, it was 
a very impressive performance from the Chiefs defense. Like, no, no question about it. You know, I'm someone that, you know, has, has definitely acknowledged how good they've been this year. But, man, I definitely didn't expect them to be able to shut down Miami's offense to that extent. And if you watch it, you know, there was definitely some times, right, that Tua maybe, you know, missed some throws or maybe they're just, you know, they were just an inch off. But overall, man, the way the Chiefs defense attacked – and it started on the first and second downs, right? It didn't start on third down. Yeah, they got to those third and longs, and, and those were the highlight plays, right? The sacks, the the pressures. But it started with <clears throat> really strong play on first down from the linebackers, right? You saw Willie Gay flying all over the field. Drew Tranquil flying all over the field. Leo Chanel, um, just all guys just just hard pursuing to the outside runs that, that they try to get the Dolphins do with Raheem Mostert on the sideline. They were just not letting them get any space uh, to get going. You know, the cornerbacks were coming up playing very strong. You saw them use Chamari Connor on first and second downs, depending on the situation, because he's that, you know, kind of a stouter, you know, maybe a bigger run defender than Trent McDuffie, even though McDuffie is just moved out to the outside on that times and maybe is an upgrade over who would be that outside cornerback in those spots. So all that to say, man, it, it was just aggressive. It was physicality. It was all that with the Chiefs defense. And it started early on first and second downs, them setting the tone putting them into third and longs. And then, yeah, once the, once the Dolphins are in third and long, you're taking a lot of their advantages away. So that's what Spags did. So you got to give credit to Spags for the great game plan. Talking with our lead analyst at arrowheadpride.com, Ron Kopp. One thing that we launched this year is Arrowhead Pride Premier, new newsletter that comes to your inbox. If you're interested, go to arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. Ron, you offered some, some suggestions for the Chiefs and how they can get better after the bye. Which one did you, uh, I believe you, you wrote three up, which one did you like the most and, and what do you see in the second half for the Chiefs? Well, I mean, the biggest topic in, in Chiefs Kingdom was definitely the receiver position, right? And so I, I really do feel passionately about, you know, the Chiefs in the second half of the season, really consolidating the group, really consolidating the snaps. And I think one of the biggest ways they can do that is, is, putting Marcos Valdez-Scantling just lower on the totem pole, just, just straight up, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, a bag on him, but I just feel like this, this offense, Patrick Mahomes likes to throw to Justin Watson down the field more. It seems like Justin Watson is making more plays down the field. We've seen something with MBS this year that he just has not, and it's been a, a, a an issue throughout his career, you know, strong catches downfield, right. In, in, in tight windows or, or at, you know, with someone kind of contesting it, you know, it just hasn't been – he hasn't made any of those catches this year. And Justin Watson has. I mean, Mahomes has put it in very tight windows to Watson all year down the field, and he's made those catches. So my thing is a lot of times on, on a lot of these pass routes, guys, there's only one receiver really running that primary deep route. And, and yeah, there are, there are times where there's two. But a lot of times that, need, that is Justin Watson when the Chiefs do it. So why, why, why isn't Watson playing more snaps in MBS is my point. Because it seems like the team likes Watson more on those downfield routes – Mahomes like Watson more in those downfield routes, and yet he plays less snaps than like an MBS who leads the receiver room in snaps. So my thing is I think if they just kind of give Watson that primary deep role and really, uh, you know, really uh, kind of spread MBS's snaps to, to everybody else in those playmaking positions, I think that could really help uh, th- this team, you know, really get guys like Tony more snaps, um, you know, guys like R- Rice more snaps guys that are going to make plays after the catch are going to make catches straight up. And, and, and unfortunately I think MBS just needs to be a little just lower on the totem pole, not necessarily taken out of the offense, but just obviously just given, you know, less snaps for, for everyone else to contribute more. Yeah. Ron, what is your uh, level of concern that the offense won't figure it out? Um, I said earlier today on the drive, I'm about 20% concerned that they can't get it figured out because of who they have a head coach and who they have a quarterback. I'm wondering to know what your level of concern is because 
The only thing that really concerned me in the game on Sunday was the fact that Rasheed Rice got into the action early and then he just went MIA. Yeah, there is concern. I I am concerned to an extent. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I know this team, I know it's easy to say, hey, this team last year, you know, kind of won with the same group, you know, if you replace Rasheed Rice with Juju. And that is true. But at the same time, you know, one thing that's different from um, last year to this year is this offensive line is just not performing at the same level that it was last year um, in terms of the run game specifically. I mean, yeah. the pass protection has actually been, you know, solid all year. I do think, you know, uh, they, they are giving a lot of chip help to left tackle Donovan Smith, which is, that is one of the reasons why maybe some of their pass offense can, you know, struggle at times. They're kind of leaving a guy in to help their left tackle, which they did have to do last year uh, a lot too. But at the same time, the run game has just not gotten off the ground uh, these last few weeks. And, and it really is this offensive line, this interior is not playing up to expectation. You know, guys like Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey are not being the all are not playing like all pros. Like we all know them to be in the run game specifically. You know, I, I think, you know, at some point Tooney being that size, you know, he's kind of a smaller guard. He's 32 now. At some point, you know, you, you might lose some of that, you know, strong core balance that made him such an elite player at that, that, that kind of size, if you know what I'm saying. So I think there might be something to that where the offensive line is, is making it a little tougher on everybody. Like the run game's not helping as much, and, and maybe there are some pass protection issues. They have struggled to pick up stunts. In this game, it was the worst. Um, but I do think that's something that can be coached up and, and taught and, and hopefully improved on. But it just seems like they're not getting as much push and as much, uh, as much separation in the run game. And, you know, if, if the run's not going to help like, like uh, you know, it has at certain times this year in, in big games, then that is, that is really going to make it hard, you know, that much harder on a pass offense that's already trying to find its identity. Yeah, we started at Arrowhead Pride today, Ron, the bye week awards, and we're going to build up to the MVP here. Who is your pick for the bye week MVP of the Chiefs now that we're through the nine games, eight to go, and, and why do you feel that way? So I, I, you guys had some good answers. I'm not going to reveal y'all's answers, um, but I, mine wasn't the winner. I'll just say that. Uh, I picked Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is this team's MVP to me this year. Um, I know the defense is obviously like carrying the team. And so you'd feel like it'd be someone on the defense, but it's just, if you look at how the schedule is played out where, you know, obviously he misses the first game and they lose. And then, you know, it wasn't all on, um, on the offense or, you know, it wasn't all on, you know, him not playing, you know, they could have won that game without him, but he is just, it seems like he is the only, the most reliable player on the offense. It's the only person Mahomes feels comfortable going to. And, you know, he really has, you know, carried the pass game. And, you know, I just mentioned how the run game has struggled. I just mentioned how, you know, the offensive line has struggled. Yeah. I think Travis Kelsey really is, has become this team's most valuable um, player on, you know, in general, you know, I, I would say offensively, but, you know, I, I think the defense is just such a, a unit kind of thing, right? I, I, I think right. I think if you're going to give it to someone this year right now with the way Mahomes has kind of, you know, been, had his ups and downs, I think you've got to give it to Travis Kelsey for just being that dependable, reliable guy. Ron, uh, what do you got going on on a soft schedule bye week the rest of the week moving forward? Well, you know, I, I will say I'm, I'm going to be watching some college football this, this weekend, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it's always fun to look forward to the NFL draft a little bit. You know, I know Chiefs Kingdom, we, we love our draft, our, our draft around here. Um, so, Going to be watching some guys, maybe some offensive tackle prospects for that left tackle position, maybe that receiver position, maybe that defensive tackle position, depending on what's going on in the offseason. So, yeah, I'll just maybe be doing some uh, some pre-scouting this weekend. Pete said he's drinking wine tonight. You drinking anything specific, or are you just going to have a low-key? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to be drinking some Gatorade. I'm about to go hoop. So, uh, 
I'm, I'm going to be staying off the line. So. Let it rain. All right, Ron Cobb, we'll talk to you next week. If we have a show, always at 6.15. Take care, man, and thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, you just went quick. What? You just hung up so fast. Bro got to get to that hoop session. <laughs> Gatorade. You think he's going to dunk on somebody tonight? No. Um, I've seen him in person. Uh, oh, Pete on. Sweeney, Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride, JT with us as well. Dusty Likens with you. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on the other side. Don't forget, you can ask Pete anything, 913-586-7610. The hell with it. It's a bye week. What do you want to know about Pete Sweeney or what do you want to know about the Chiefs? 913-586-7610. Your questions at 645. But coming up on the other side, Philadelphia and the rest of the AFC. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride. Make sure you go check out all their work at arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney, chief editor, joins us for the final 30 minutes here of Arrowhead Pride Radio. And then we're off to little post-show workouts. You're doing leg day. I'm doing the walk. Yep. Got to stay on it. That's right. There are no off days, as Bill Belichick once said. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to stay in shape during the year, but I've been doing a better job this year, so I'm trying to keep it up. No kidding. Um, so let's have a conversation about the rest of the AFC because this week, the bye weeks for fantasy football people are brutal. Uh, no Rams, no Philly, no Dolphins, no Chiefs. Uh, so a lot of playmakers there, but there are some, some big time game or some big time players that are going to be playing today or in this week. Let's start with Cincinnati, right? Let's, let's play what Ocho Cinco had to say about Joe Burrow. Oh, it doesn't work. Hold on. No, it does. Yeah, I mean, a healthy Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you can argue, you can argue, you can argue Pat, Patrick Mahomes, you can argue with other quarterbacks, but it just is. What he's done for that franchise in such a short amount of time, I mean, how can he not be? Okay. So news today comes out of Cincinnati's camp. Obviously, it's Wednesday, so I have to monitor it. On their injury report, Chiefs have none because they're on a bye. Uh Jamar Chase out with the back injury at practice today and T Higgins limited with a hamstring injury. Let's see how good Joe Burrow might be without his one and two options at wide receiver and see how the Cincinnati Bengals are. Also, is it the Bengals or the Ravens that are in the rear view mirror of the chiefs currently? Yeah, I, this whole thing with who's the best quarterback in the NFL, it's always so, so fluid. I mean, I, I think you're better off just saying the, that whole scenario where it's like, if you were starting a, a team tomorrow, which quarterback would you want? And right. And I don't think anyone would say Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes. Now, if we're being fair, is mm-hmm. Joe Burrow playing better in the past three, four weeks than Patrick Mahomes is? Yeah. I mean, he is, he's feeling healthy. Uh, he has more weapons. It, it does feel like this is an offense in Kansas city that, that is a work in progress. Uh, I wonder if we'll be saying the same type of thing by the end of this year. But if you go back to my original comment, like you're starting a, a franchise with Patrick Mahomes, and it's not even close. And I think to even most NFL executives that do these polls, it, it wouldn't be close. He's clearly the most talented. Is it somewhat of a down year by his standards? Sure. Uh, but you can't argue with the start to his career. 
Would you be more willing to bet that the AFC Championship game would be in Arrowhead versus blank or that the AFC Championship game will be the Chiefs and the Bengals again? Say that again. So the so Chiefs and the blank. The Chiefs play at home against random teams. Yeah. I would or take... more likely it's Chiefs Bengals. So either whole. This is gonna sound like a cop out answer, mm-hmm. but I like I I think right now that if I had to pick a team, I'd probably pick the Bengals to face them. However, if you're asking me to pick the Bengals versus the field, I think I'd pick the field because there's just so many teams that are right there with the Bengals. Like I really like the Jaguars. The Ravens have shown themselves. I know this probably isn't the most popular take around here, but I think the bills will write in their ship and at least be within the mix to make that run at the end of the year. There's a couple other teams that are are suddenly interesting uh, to me in the AFC. I think it's more wide open than we give it credit for sometimes. And so I would take the the field over the Bengals, especially with the recent injury news to Jamar Chase and to, Mm -hmm. to T Higgins. The other thing that I want to bring up is the Philadelphia matchup. Is this game, in your opinion, more anticipated because there's a week off, so there's that pining surgence of I need Chiefs football back, and it's, you know, just so happens to be the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football on November 20th. Is this a bigger game in your mind than it is when the Chiefs and Dolphins were the matchup? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, to me, is one of these games where you have fans of other teams that'll be in front of the TV ready for this game. Like this is one of those games. Whereas I think chiefs dolphins fell into that category. But to me, it was like a little bit bigger for Kansas city and Miami fans, just given the, the Tyreek Hill factor. This is a super bowl rematch, right? Mm-hmm. Like if the chiefs hadn't made the super bowl last year and it had been two other teams, I think everyone would be in Kansas city. It's a big sports town. They'd love to turn on the TV and watch, you know, these big time NFL matchups. I think Kansas city would be a top five uh, watching this type of thing. And, and I, I think, you're going to feel that nationally. We're going to take a week to breathe here. But once Monday hits, uh, I think it's going to be a full week of preparing for this game. And it's a no-excuse situation. The Eagles are off, too. I know that the Kelseys will do their part in building up the hype for for this one. And, and I can't wait. I mean, this this is going to be a, a fun environment at Arrowhead Stadium. And, and it affords the Chiefs an opportunity to – Deal the Eagles a loss as they try to chase the best record in the NFL. It's kind of interesting. Tyreek Hill has been talked about all year as offensive player of the year and setting wide receiver records uh, when it comes to the most in a season, I believe was 1,974 by Ocho Cinco. I earn Ocho Cinco, Megatron, uh, Calvin Johnson, but AJ Brown is 69 yards behind Tyreek Hill for receiving yards. Are we not giving A.J. Brown enough credit, or is he getting just the right amount of credit? I think it'll be one of these two guys. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I think he's in that mix. I, I think we're just right. I'll take the Goldilocks answer there. Goldilocks coming up soon, right, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, mm-hmm. at that betting show. Uh, yes. I, 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 I like, I like Tyreek Hill to still win it. I mean, I, do, I think the numbers are, are going to be to the point where you can't argue with them, but man, if the Chiefs had someone like AJ Brown, that oh, would be God. that'd be something. Yeah, because um, I think that's the I think that's the biggest matchup for me going into this Philly game is we're you know a little bit premature getting to you know the ins and outs of this game, but 
Trey McDuffie and Legereus Sneed have not allowed a wide receiver one over 100 yards. Again, the only receivers to have 100 yards on the opposing team was Josh Palmer in L.A. and Christian Kirk in Jacksonville, who just seems to have the Chiefs' number. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is with Christian Kirk, but him and the Chiefs is just his favorite matchup. There have been Chiefs killers over the years. Good for yeah. them to have the matchup they did against Keenan Allen, for example. Right. Yeah. yeah, won me a parlay, baby. But uh, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that is that the number one matchup when you look at this moving forward when you play teams that are always going to consistently pump in a wide receiver one? That's just the way the game is. It seems the Chiefs have the kryptonite when it comes to big-name receivers when they have LeJerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie on the outside. Well, Sneed can match the speed, and – you know, I think that's such an asset to have uh, on your team. And, and McDuffie has just been a dog. I think the safety play has been outstanding as well. Probably doesn't get talked about enough. You know, some of that help from with, with these guys and the plan that Steve Spagnuolo is, is implementing. But this is a contract year for Snead. And that, that's where it gets interesting. You know, when you're in the middle of the bye week and you don't have a game coming up, you can talk about these types of things. Where I think the last time you had a player that, it was kind of in a similar situation to Jerry Sneed. It was Traverius Ward, and it didn't seem like the Chiefs ever made an offer and went for more money than I thought he would have. And I, I wonder if Jarius Sneed is, is in store for the same thing. I know the organization is prioritizing him of someone they want to retain. But just the way that Sneed and, and McDuffie have been playing, I know that there were questions about Sneed coming into the season and that knee injury. And I think if you had asked me before the season, just given the lingering knee, knee stuff, if the Chiefs would retain Snead, I probably would have said, I, I don't know. You know, I'd probably lean no. But I think in what you're saying, just being able to curb the opposing top option, the way the Chiefs had, the way that nobody really seemingly has been able to stop Tyree Kill. And he comes out and, yeah, he has eight catches, but it's under 70 yards. And you're able to strip the ball on a game-changing play, probably the number one reason – you're able to win that game. I just don't think you're going to want to get rid of the tandem that is Trent McDuffie and Legereus Need. It's too valuable, and I I think there's a scenario in which the Chiefs find a way to pay pay uh, Legereus Need, and then eventually you know Trent McDuffie. Is this the biggest game left on the schedule? I know that Cincinnati Buffalo is no. still there. I know New England Green Bay ain't doing. Um, I know all those teams are still on there, but this seems like it might be the best sound matchup from both sides of the football when it comes it, to Philadelphia. It's not the most important game left in the schedule. Probably, you know, I wouldn't say it's the biggest. I think it'll be the biggest to date. Okay. But when you're looking down the line and you have matchups in the AFC later in the season with a Buffalo Bills, we, you have a matchup with Cincinnati Bengals. That game's late in the season. You know, Week 17, 325. We'd seen some of these games between the Chiefs and, and Bengals and more in the middle of the year. Um, and, yeah, they've been big, but it's just to have it, and this was by design very clearly. The NFL wanted to have it on New Year's Eve, and you're toward the end of the season. It may have a huge impact on who gets that bye week with the way these two teams are playing. So I, I think it's the biggest game of the year to date just because the records are going to be so good. You're basically playing for the best record in the NFL, but there'll be, there'll be bigger games ahead. That's Pete Sweeney for JT Noah. I'm Dusty Likens. Coming up on the other side, your Arrowhead Pride mailbag. So 913-586-7610. We've already got a few questions in. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them, but if you bring them in, you might have a chance. 913-586-7610. It's the Arrowhead Pride mailbag session coming up on the other side on 610 Sports Radio. Final segment here on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Thanks for tagging along all day with us. Uh, Pete Sweeney and I doing a lot of action together, which is, uh, you know, if you like it, just... Okay. That's how you get down? Is this what won her over? Yeah. Auto-tune, man. You got to love it. A lot of talent.
Um, get your questions in now for Pete Sweeney, 913-586-7610. How is there not a auto-tune segment on After Hours? You got you to gotta get a mic thing that can dub you. I think I'm a little bit more talented than auto-tune. Okay. Yeah. That's just me. Great to disagree. Um, from the 913, well, it's actually hit the sounder, idiot. Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. First show? Yep. First show in three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was calling myself the idiot. I was calling myself the idiot, not Pete. I'm not I'm not a mean or angry person. Um From the 913, why hasn't Sky Moore developed in his second year? And do you ever see him living up to where he was drafted? Pete Sweeney. Yeah, it's a tough question. I, you know, I, I keep saying the same thing, and and I'd love to go one way or the other, but I'm going to just be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know. I watched him at training camp every day, and I did not anticipate this. Now, I wasn't sure that he was going to have you know, 1,000 yards, but I thought it would be more in the realm of like seven to 800, something like that. I felt like that yeah. was a given. Mm-hmm. And that guy that we saw in training camp that had the great rapport with Patrick Mahomes that went to every Texas day that Mahomes was raving about, it just has not evolved into a producer in the regular season. And you wonder why that is a lack of separation, lack of trust from the quarterback. But as uh, as the great Yogi Berra would say, it's getting mm. late early for Sky Moore at this stage. Uh, this from the 913. Do you think the Hunt family would ever threaten to move to Dallas to get a new stadium in the future? No, I think they'd threaten to move to Kansas, but Dallas is out of the question. Yeah. I mean, that, that's crazy. No, I'd uh, ever do that. To, to Clark Hunt's credit, he's been steadfast. He's been consistent every time this comes up. And, you know, granted, I understand the other side of this. This is press conferences, but he's been consistent in saying I think he likes the idea of renovating the mm-hmm. current Arrowhead, which would come with a 25-year lease. It's been more from the business side that has kind of teased that Kansas move. I, I don't know. I believe Clark, because at the end of the day, these big time decisions, he, he taps into that WWLD, which is what would Lamar do? And yeah. I, I don't think, and I, I don't know. Can't can't speak for him, but I don't think he thinks that Lamar would want the Chiefs to move on from the original Arrowhead site. Taking your question on the Arrow Pride mailbag session here as we wrap up Arrowhead Pride Radio, 913-586-7610. Your Knicks out to a really good, strong lead, 11-0. And again, um, just and run, run the clock out. That's right. Just, just you know, shoot it with one second left the rest of the game. Uh, from the 913, Pete, Chris Jones doesn't seem to be getting the pressure from a casual viewing over the last couple games. One, is this from schemes getting better or is he tailing off? Two, any rumblings about why he had that egregious personal foul on third down to keep the fins driving? <laughs> no word on the personal foul. It was a, yeah, You'll never hear about that. It was less of a thing because they ended up winning the game. But if that had been another cold situation, that would have been the story of the weekend and the story really of the Ugh. week. Twice uh, in two seasons? As you as you go. So, yeah, it gets extra attention. And, you know, if you really look at the numbers of this, it's helped lead to Mike da- Dana having dazzling numbers. When Mike yeah. Dana gets his contract, he better take you know Chris Jones out to a Chris uh, a steak dinner because uh, well-deserved. I mean, you end up getting these one-on-ones. And same thing with George Karloftis on the other side. Hidden in the numbers right now is Chris Jones leading the team by one sack. I believe he has seven, and George Karloftis has six. But George Karloftis is far and wide ahead 
in quarterback pressures. Mm-hmm. And that's because, again, of Chris Jones and the attention that he brings. So you're still getting that sustained pressure. It's just been less of Jones because people are seeing what he can do. Pete from the 913, if Andy could commit to the run game for once, our offense could look a ton better, correct? I always like the Chiefs to be a little bit more balanced. I mean, I know they're not always ever going to be 50-50. I say it all the time. When I'm at Arrowhead and the offense seems to be cooking, Isaiah Pacheco has between like 12 and 20 carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's always the case, seemingly always. It's never like the scenario where you look down and, and Isaiah Pacheco has three carries. That's when the it seems like the Chiefs offense is stalling. So I'm all for running the football in early downs, establishing the run, making sure that, that opposing teams know that there's a threat there because that just helps open up the offense for Kelsey and the other guys. From the 816, hey, Big Pete. Do you think our Chiefs need to bring in a real, true fullback to help the run game in short yardage situations? And hey, Dusty, cheers, brother. Cheers. Anthony Sherman does a podcast around here somewhere. Is he in shape? I don't even know. Mm. I don't think so, though. I think they've moved on from the fullback. Okay, just just checking. Um, you know, uh, that's just you know. Here, this one's for about. you. Dog left with uh, dog leg left with trees. Par five. You got to play your second about three fifty. What do you do? That's not a real question, is it? Yeah. Dog leg left with trees, par five. You have to play your you're second the, about the, 350. You're the golf you expert. Oh, man. Dog leg left with trees, par five. You play your second from about 350. Par five, and I'm still 350 out. That means you probably duffed your drive or sliced it. Uh, I mean, you, at that point, you got to rip it. You got to just throw your clubs in the water at that point. No, don't do that. They're too much money. Um, no, man. If you got a dog leg left with find trees, a, par find five. Find a cart girl. Yeah, you a fireball or something. Ugh. I don't do the the demon shot. Okay. Yeah. But no, if, if you're 350 out, man, you're either punching or you're you're in a position where you just got to get that three wood up in the air and let it rip. What happened to Fun Dusty? What do you mean? Where, where'd you put him? I don't. He used he's to be still fun. here. Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't do Fireball that has the Devil's logo on the cover. I know where that ends. I've mm-hmm. been there. Yeah. I've been resurrected from the from Fireball. Okay. I'm not into it anymore. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Darius Tony had better stats when he was traded away from the Giants than Sky Moore has. Compare the stats between the two, and the picture will emerge. It's time to call him what he is. You agree? Sky Moore? Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to go there. You know, I'll be willing to do that after this season. I think you got to give a guy two full seasons, but he's certainly headed in, in that daunting direction. I'll, I will admit that. Uh, Lance chimed in and said, Sammy Watkins is a free agent. You signed... McCole Hardman, any no. chance? Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many receivers are they going to have? Too many. Ten? Mm-hmm. Having eight suited up already? They're not going to. No. No. The the ship has sailed on old Sam. Okay. All right. I think. Uh, Who would win in a wrestling match between Sweeney or Dusty? We're a tag team duo, so unless it's like the British Bulldog and HBK and he sweet chin musics me through a glass window, then. Marty yeah. Gennetti. Is that who it was? Yeah, the British, it wasn't the British Bulldog. Oh, okay. I mean, the you know, the Bulldog and Michaels, they lasted the entire Royal Rumble, and that that's a lesson. Don't celebrate too early. Yeah, that's true. You never know when you're going to be thrown over the top rope. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw a Plaid Prince Halloween costume on a little kid on Halloween, but the wife said it was Napoleon Dynamite. Probably was, Ma- <laughs> <laughs> probably, was uh, probably was Mike McDaniel. Yeah, there you go. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. Why don't, on third and one, the Chiefs just run the ball with Chris Jones or yeah. Mike Dana or George Karloftis or O'Minahue? It's decent. 
um, decent argument. I really think what they need to be doing is have Blake Bell play the quarterback and show no um, remorse and, and uh-huh. just show your cards and train like hell to do exactly what Philadelphia does with Blake Bell. And, you know, we kind of saw them try it once with the special teams unit. Like, just take Pat out and put Blake Bell at quarterback and learn how to do the tush push or the brotherly shove or whatever it is um, that they call it. And once Kansas City perfects it, then they could come up with a city name for the Chiefs doing it. I don't know what that would be, but we got time to think about it because right now Andrew Reid is dropping back or handing it to McKinnon to drop back or tossing it to... Pacheco to lose two yards, and so we we're not we're not there yet. Maybe one day though. Yep. Just like one day, maybe we'll hear these two guys talking for four hours every day, Monday through Friday. Who knows? I can't predict the future, but I can predict that my day is officially over. We are out of here. Coming up next is that betting show with Alex Gold. Uh, we will uh, we'll be back tomorrow on the drive from two to six. Pete Sweeney will be back some point next week. Probably my guess would be hmm, Tuesday at eight twenty-five on Fesco in the morning, but that's just me guessing. Or maybe you're back Friday at 1 o'clock. Who knows? Friday, so we're doing, I believe it's we're doing Friday at 11. I'm going to pop on with, with Cody before I go away. Okay. Birthday. Birthday on Friday, by the way. So I'm going to expect that text, Dusty. Thanks. And, and then next time we'll be on is Monday night with you. That's right. Thanks to JT Noah for the production. Coming up next, Alex Gold on that betting show. I'm Dusty Liggins. That's Pete Sweeney. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio. Stay safe. Kansas City, take care.